Today's podcast is sponsored by MPB, the online pricing engine that provides the right price for any camera or lens. Get free kit pickup and get paid within days, all without leaving your home. How much could you get? Find out with a free instant quote at www.mpb.com forward slash sell. Hello and welcome to the AV Forums Movies podcast for Monday the 5th of June. I'm Cass Harlow and I am joined by Simon Crust. Hello, good evening and welcome. And Mark Costello. Evening all. So this week uh, I'm going to recommend Across the Spider-Verse and Sisu at the cinemas. I'm going to recommend Guy Ritchie's yeah, I know. I mean, I'm giving it all away. I'm going to recommend uh, Guy Ritchie's Excellent The Covenant, which dropped on Amazon Prime Video because they've got some kind of deal with Guy Ritchie to not let any of his decent films go in the cinema. I'm going to tell you to steer clear of Robert Rodriguez's latest hypnotic. And uh, I also got tired of waiting for Criterion to bring the 4K to the UK. So I imported the US <laughs> release of Devil in a Blue Dress. It's going and to be eventually... my new thing, like once a month importing a US disc that hasn't come out here. Nice, and and eventually, Kaz, will will Simon or I get to say something? No, no, that's, that's fine. Then. Well, that's me, but you, Mark, you're get you're gonna you gave <laughs> cocaine to a bear, so we get to find out what happened there. You can talk about how the Changeling is a great unsung horror, gifted a new lease of life on 4K by. A four, lavish 4K box set from Second Sight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to give us a preview of Arrow's release of The Lighthouse. And Arr. we're going to get into Road Wars because you've seen Fast X and loved it. And yeah. Whereas I preferred Fast 9. So, you know, um, but um, we'll get into that. And Simon has got eh? a whole bunch of things in the in his little fuel tank. He's got uh, Knock at the Cabin 4K. Shazam 2. Oh, yeah. Just there it is. Landed today. Reviewed today. today on site yeah. today. Definitely Talked a about diff. tonight. Uh, Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania, but not oh. in IMAX enhanced Dolby Vision. We're going to have that conversation again. Um, and he's got his hands on Sony's 4K release of 65. I do. Right here. Live unboxing. She's going to get literally un Amazon boxed. Uh, one of these days, fun. one of those unboxings is not going to be for you, Sai. And we're going to laugh. It's going to be one of your wife's purchases. Yeah, it's like one of those know. tubular ones, yeah. <laughs> it's going to come out wrong. <laughs> and if we get the chance, we're going to recommend a bit of TV, but probably not likely. We'll probably run out of time like last time. Right, let's dive into comps, Mark. Okay, yes. So at the moment, you can win the gorgeous Second Sight box set of The Changeling in 4K, which, as Kaz mentioned, we'll be talking about shortly, as well as a whole host of other 4K goodies, including Brotherhood of the Wolf, Star Trek Strange New World Season 1, Koki Bear, and Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania Baby. Uh, You can also win a Scream 6 hoodie and regular 1080p Blu-rays of Restart the Earth and Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Plus, I'm led to believe, more. Yeah, uh, so head cool. over to avforums.com forward slash competitions to enter. And as ever, all competitions are open to eligible AV Forums members residents in the UK. Nice. We've got a whole horde of previous competition so winners. So many. Yeah. Supporter Dave CH won 
Star Trek Strange New World Season 1 on Blu-ray from Paramount. Uh, Supporter Sleepy One won The Killer on Blu-ray from Dazzler. And Supporter Dapper Dan 486 won The Nutcracker on Blu-ray, also from Dazzler. And then all the rest are star supporters. So star supporters Count Jedi won Project Wolf Hunting on Blu-ray from Dazzler. Great film. Mikey Cubed won Criterion's April titles on Blu-ray. Makuza won the limited edition 4K Picnic at Hanging Rock from Second Sight, which was a huge box to send out. Mm. Um, Skiri won the limited edition 4K Texas Chainsaw Massacre from Second Sight. What a set. I know. ADEJP2 won For All Mankind Season 1 on Blu-ray from Dazzler. Reg Tastical won Arrow's Naked Lunch 4K Limited Edition box set. I mean, these are some nice sets. I'm really surprised Mm. they made it out of the house. Um, Wreck-It Yat won Plane on 4K from Lionsgate. Jackie Chan Wigwam won Babylon on 4K from Paramount. And Nobler Nobler won the 4K Star Trek Next Generation 4 movie set from Paramount. Another... Fat prize. So fat well done, done, everyone. Some great those were, prizes. Those there. Were some star supporter specials out there. That's a that's a good run of prizes. We also got new patrons, Rusty Chain, John Macklin, and Adrian Price. Thank you very much for joining and supporting. I'm hello sure and welcome. Hello, hello. Your your prizes are in the post. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Let's have some uh, movie reviews and news. So the summer blockbuster season and the weather, I think, has seems to have finally kicked off. Mm. Well, I say finally kicked off early this year. Um, early I think, would have been May, surely. Yeah, I mean, well, it's funny. Is June oh, still April. spring? I don't know. It's it feels a little like it's we're back in business, and it feels like I'm going to say the c word. Post COVID, <laughs> it feels like um, it feels like a proper run of movies this year. You know, like mm. a, we've got a back-to-back lineup, and just over the next like six weeks, we've got like five or six big movies. We've got uh, new Transformers movies, which even though nobody really wanted it, is big. We got the Flash finally coming out. Uh, we got Indy Five, Mission Impossible Seven, and Oppenheimer, and they're all arguing. I mean, Cruz has recently been a little bit upset with the the battle with Oppenheimer over IMAX in the UK um single-handedly thinking that he saved cinema with maverick uh you know argue, arguments on a postcard there but um <laughs> but he's obviously a little bit upset because conversely nolan is is in bed with imax so so imax is going to oppenheimer very shortly after mission impossible starts its run um but mm-hmm. they're basically they're battling it out in a way we haven't actually seen since pre-covid and we're already a couple of blockbusters in we've just had Hit sequels, Fast X, and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, and uh, Part Ones at that. Everything this year is about parts. No one can finish. They're all they've all got the Stephen King syndrome. Yeah, two and a half movies, two and a half hour movies, and you can't finish it. Really? (laughs) Anyway, let's let's talk Fast X first. So Fast X, the latest, the tenth movie for those who don't speak Latin. It's uh, it's um, you know it's everything you'd expect from a Fast and Furious movie. Ten movies down the line. If you jumped off this very fast-moving train a long time ago, then yeah, I never even started. Yeah, so I'm exactly. Well happy. Yeah, if you if you're not on board and you or you jumped off, then there's very little reason to watch this. But if you've been on board, then you've watched a series that was inspired by like Point Break with cars on the cheap, 
and went practically straight to video and then got infused by all-star casts and the presence of The Rock, frankly, um, and turned it into more than just street racing and unfortunately more than just practical stunts with a serious blockbuster franchise. I mean, it's a billion dollar franchise now that and the movies cost a stupid amount of money to to make and keep going forever. Uh, I saw the latest one, Fast X. I enjoy them all to a degree. I would say I even enjoyed the last one, the ninth one. Um, I do think that the series misses Paul Walker, which is mm. something that I don't know whether, at least within his lifetime, I ever thought I'd say. <laughs> um, but I do think it misses him. And I do think that the series misses either Vin Diesel or The Rock, as for me, was established by Fast 9 and by Hobbs and Shaw, uh, both of which it strangely showed that they kind of need both of those meatheads in it. Um, the latest one is good, but I'm not sure I'm on board with these part ones. Not completely mm. sold on it. And I found there were huge swathes of it. Often, I suppose, because Vin Diesel wasn't on screen, and so he therefore went, nah, no budget for this. Felt like deleted scenes. You know, there's a scene where they go and see a guy in a is it a, a drug shop in London or something? Pete Davidson in an internet cafe. An internet as, cafe. As if one of those is doing. <laughs> yeah, so Pete Davidson in an internet cafe. He just happens, yeah, he just happens to have drugs. He has, he has cakes. Mm. And uh, and then Tej and Roman get into a big handbags battle. And it, it feels distinctly like someone said, we have plenty of time here. We can just, <laughs> just let it roll. Because the fight goes on too long, someone takes a magic um, muffin, and then it ends, and it all feels very, very cheap. And there's loads of things like that in the movie, which I don't think I'd ever noticed in a previous one. Um, there was a, the, They've introduced the new Jack Reach, Alan Richardson, and they've introduced Brie Larson. Both of them often on green screens, feeling like their scenes were a little bit added in. Brie Larson in particular has a terrible wardrobe, but Alan Richardson, he, ha he has yeah, one thing. Has. Yeah. Well, she's, anyway, I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> Just extraneous, unnecessary padding characters. The beginning set piece and the end set piece are classic fast territory for anyone who's a fan of the over-the-topness of this moonshot jumping the shark series. I mean, I'm all, all over their craziness, even when they race subs. Um, and I did love the final sequence. Uh, and there are high points. John Senna is great, even though he's a completely different character from last time. They've reset his brain. Um, but it didn't didn't completely work for me. I two and a half hours. This could have been an hour long first half of a really good entry for me. Mark, on the other hand, hmm. thinks it's great and wants to give it a score that leaves him no room to score any other fast movie higher. Just saying. Hmm. Uh, well, while I simply cannot argue with anything you said there, Kaz, you missed off the, uh, uh, the real secret weapon of Fast X. In fact, you've missed off the secret weapon of the entire Fast Front. In fact, no! You've missed off the secret weapon for every single movie franchise ever made or will be made and that is jason the god momoa 
He is in this on some other plane of cinematic he existence. Is. He, is. I'll give he, that. he is having so much fun, it should literally be illegal. Honestly. And every single second he's on screen, it's like it's like the rock had a baby with Tim Curry's Frankenfurter, right? And it is that all the way through with him. And it is glorious. It is it is taking the insanity of the entire franchise up to a level otherwise is, only inhabited yeah. by deities. I'll give you frankly. that. He is he is great. Yeah. He's he's he he's an absolute right. I mean, he at one point. He's about to blow someone's head off and he turns around and he goes, hello, I'm Dante, enchante. And I literally <laughs> dropped my popcorn. I laughed so hard. Uh, but, and I, I will say this, the other secret weapon in this is Louis Leterrier. Because I think what he did in this for me, and I noticed it more in this one, was that the problem that I've had with the last few Fast and, and Furious films is it stuff so much plot into the films that it's like you know the highs and the lows here between the action set pieces and all the rest of it now for whatever reason i think this is leterrier's action background kaz is right is that there's a big chunk in the middle where nothing happens they're moving they're moving pieces around the board but for the whole of the first 45 minutes for the whole of the last 45 minutes and there's a little and there's various bits and pieces with the likes of michelle rodriguez and charlie's run in the middle it felt like hugely extended set pieces and while they were great you also well certainly for me i didn't notice the ridiculous plotting i didn't notice the stupid story that is in essence the same story that we've had for the last five episodes and so for me i came out feeling it was a much more enjoyable insane action franchise uh entry for me so yeah I... we're good i'll give you that just didn't get on with the hour in the middle well but, but you know what I'm on board for the next one. Yes. I'm quite happy. That's what we agree on. Yeah. Another part one, Spidey into the uh, Spidey across the Spider-Verse, mm. the sequel to Into the Spider-Verse. Similarly, it's part one. They dropped the part one thing just because I guess they didn't want people put off. It's another two and a half hour jobby. Now it is <sighs> tremendous. I loved mm. Into the Spider-Verse. Um, and they go to great lengths to make this bigger not just in terms of like set pieces and craziness, but actually in terms of uh, characters and the multiple levels of plotting it works on. It, I mean, it's it's a movie that entertains your kids, but also has arguments about free will versus determinism within it. It's a movie that traverses like the multiverse in a way that should make Marvel, like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, properly embarrassed. You know, it oh. does it with so many different versions of characters, but given depth and design and kind of logic, even if it feels so wide and far-reaching. I mean, it, and it's funny and ridiculously stylish. They Last time they touched upon it by giving, like, um, Nicolas Cage's Spider-Man noir a black and white thing. But this time they actually go to the universes of some of these characters and their their universes are honed in the same way. Um, so, you know, Spider-Gwen 
as a beautiful palette where the walls are weeping because it's there's several like emotional set pieces and it's just it's so innovative and imaginative mm. in terms of sheer design stories great I'm, I'm gonna say i couldn't give it as high a mark as into the spider-verse because i just don't know whether they stick the la landing it's got so mm. much up in the air like fast x it's not just that this is a part one it's that both of those installments for me didn't know how to end a cliffhanger without just putting a pause and there's a difference between having like a part one i'm gonna i'm gonna cite for example going to the wild west at the end of like back to the future 2 knowing full well that six months later you would have a wild west back to the future 3 i mean there is a way of making connected chapters that don't feel like everything is completely up in the air yeah. you know that give a little taste of what's to come and do give peril to certainly the lead character but don't need to have a hundred strands just hit pause because then it just feels like you're literally waiting to finish a movie you're halfway through, but you're waiting a year. Mm. So it's some hesitation where we go with that. But one of the best things you can see at the cinema right now, and so, so imaginative, I would strongly recommend going into that and, and just going with the wow factor, as it'll leave you thinking about it afterwards, which is always the sign of a good movie. Uh, Excellent. Polar opposite to the wow factor is Sisu, which is... Very literally, John Wick meets Overlord. I mean, it's a, a guy who's just minding his own business. He's panning for gold. And, uh, you know, a Nazi war party come round with, you know, brutalized women in a, in a tank in the back. And they want his gold. And he turns that's, up. That's he the plot. To be, yeah, that is the plot. He turns <laughs> out to be John Wick. <laughs> and so so we have mind throwing and some ridiculous ridiculous violence people lose their heads and get impaled and lose limbs and the main character he he undergoes a john wick level of damage <laughs> um and it, it's it's a micro budget film proper grindhouse feel hints of like tarantino but i i loved it it's it's does what it says on the tin i mean it's you had me at mind throwing that's, it. that's <laughs> a literally scene, all you, all you needed to say <laughs> yeah that's a great thing uh, it's all, all foggy and out of the out of the book comes this watch. it's a uh, it's a terrific little film um and it's you know it's not a million it's not what four hours long it's a nice short <laughs> concise film it's not um, it's not it's not sisu part one no, it? no, it's, oh, it right, begins and ends, um, and and the poor sort go <laughs> does go through it. My God, and the, and it's impossible. Of course, it's completely impossible what he goes through, um, um, and I don't really want to say what he goes through because that gets kind of the the, the appeal of it is watching the the sheer brutality and how could he possibly get out of this? That's ridiculous. Oh, he did. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Brilliant. Well done. <laughs> um, and it and it ends brilliant it's just it's just a, a great fun film you know it just shows you don't have to have convoluted plot lines you can just bring, put something on the on the screen for an hour and a half and just get lost in in complete myriad of mayhem and violence and it's great you know it is exactly great. that a complete myriad of mayhem and violence every film would be made better with with a myriad of mayhem and violence <laughs> every film you know what hypnotic wouldn't <laughs>
Like, so Robert Rodriguez's latest, which I was strangely looking forward to. You know, Ben Affleck. You know, I'm not doing any more Batman. I'm going to do other movies. I'm going to work with Robert Rodriguez on this. It's a mid-budget film. It's like Robert Rodriguez saw Inception and then said, oh, yeah, I came up with this idea 20 years ago. I'm going to make it into a better film on less money. And I'm going to have, like, my son edit it and my daughter do the So is it a secret spy kids (laughs) Inception crossover? No, it's just just terrible. It's a terrible movie. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's got a a vaguely good premise it could work as like a black mirror or twilight zone episode mm. it really could but it, they they don't do that they make it into an hour and a half of it's terrible the story the story <laughs> is story is absolute nonsense and i tell you as you watch it and they start to reveal things you go no that's really stupid and then they reveal more and go, no, that's really stupid and then you get to the end and you go, that was deeply, deeply unsatisfying. And then there's a stinger at the end and you go, that makes no sense. And then you wait another 30 seconds and there's another singer stinger that completely reverses like half of the plot for one of the characters. And you go, no, that's just, that, that's it. That's it for me. Um, <laughs> that's it. it, it that's it. You get it, halfway through the credits before you go. I'm out. <laughs> in in the space of the last half an hour, it goes down a point from like six to five, and then in the space of the last 120 seconds, it goes down a point for the first stinger, and then down at least a point for the second stinger. <laughs> you know, like it's it's like six five four three. That's it. I'm just gonna watch the last ten minutes. It's really, if you watch the whole film and you get to that last stinger, you will be shouting at Robert Rodriguez. I bet I, bet I love it. I mean, it sounds like no. the past 10 of Inception type it's movies. It's just, it's not. It's like, it's really, it's it's very bad. It's, it, it would be, we, we, it, we hadn't picked that up from you, Kaz. You'd, you'd been very eloquently dodging that. Uh, uh, it would be like watching The Matrix and you get to the end and you realise that Morpheus is Agent Smith and oh that so, would be cool and so is neo <gasps> i didn't bit... think it was possible to make the matrix any better Kaz, but you just yeah. have and and they've all gone off in like a helicopter together and oh. and, and then that's the end and and like i'm praying there's no more of these movies but clearly he wants to make them because he wants to show what happens next but it doesn't make any sense well that makes any sense like we we anyway doesn't doesn't yeah and you know what the sad thing is about Robert Rodriguez no one will want to see it no studios will fund it but he'll go and make the bugger anyway he will. he'll go Just and make it the yeah. swine and you know what if you get your editor to be your son your kid and you send it to test screenings and test screenings are bad don't get your kid to edit the new version because mm. what's going to happen anyway much better Guy Ritchie's Covenant. Nice. I I didn't expect this. I like Guy Ritchie movies Mm. a little bit like I like Robert Rodriguez movies to a point. You know, I like Guy Ritchie movies and he keeps they keep landing on Amazon. And I'm like, okay, he must have made a deal with the devil for this. Um, But I enjoy them. They're all enjoyable movies. He's done this. It's not a Guy Ritchie movie. It's like it isn't as good as Black Hawk Down, but it is up there with Lone Survivor. And it is capable of being said in the same breath as like Black Hawk Down, Lone Survivor, mm. Soldiers of Benghazi, you know, like it's it's proper 
survival military. But despite being in the same category as all of those, I never expected some of the things that I saw in this movie. Mm. That they really find a way of making a Guy Ritchie military movie, which is essentially following Jake Gyllenhaal around, spin you around at least twice over the duration. Uh, in like a, a record in... playing Kaz, right round, round, round. It's very nice. They've got a he co-stars with a guy Darceline, who is is the the MVP. I mean, he's <laughs> he's absolutely cracking in it, and you don't realize that, but you should kind of from the opening scenes mm. opposite Jake Gyllenhaal, who is also tremendous. Um, but I have no idea why this didn't get a tr- theatrical run. But it it was that and Sisu uh, watching those was. I mean, they were unexpected winners for me in comparison nice. to like the big hitters, Fast X and Spider Verse. So you've also seen Covenant. I have seen it. Yes, um, terrific film. Yeah, very, very. Um, in fact, I uh, I only it would have gone completely, wouldn't have even crossed my radar at all until I uh, looked at your review mm. um, when it was on early access, and I thought, oh, that looks interesting, and I clicked on it, and I thought, oh, 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 <laughs> so. <laughs> put it on and you're absolutely right it's a fantastic film really really good and you know the little twists and turns you you think it's going one way and then it goes another way and then you think oh i know where it's going and then it comes back again oh bloody hell very clever um yeah i want to watch a film with sai if he starts making those comments and noises while he's watching it i'm gonna watch him <laughs> yeah, we could do that, couldn't we? All sit here watching a video together. Video. Yeah. Or, or, or we, we could do a, an audio commentary for a Steven Seagal film of Kazi's oh, choice. It's my dream, really. <laughs> you know, make it so. Anyway, sorry, Sai, I interrupted. Back to you. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know where I am now. Yeah. Well, right, basically, it's really good that you read my review and didn't turn around, watch the film, and go, "What?" Well, no, no. It was. You it was very, it very good. Oh, well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. It. Um, Whilst it um, doesn't play almost quite like a Guy Ritchie film, it does have some Guy Ritchie touches in it. Um, there, there was some. There, there's an element when um, uh, the Jake goes back. Can we say goes back? He goes back home, gets away with it, and there's a little when he, he's doing some stuff to try and get back. And there are some elements there that I felt were very much out of the bow of Revolver. Which was yeah. a weird psychedelic nonsense that he did, mm, um, yeah. but but you can see there was definitely a string there of, of attachment to a Guy Ritchie film. But other than that, you would say mm, mm. I wouldn't say this was a Guy Ritchie film at all. No, he he, he does well. He, I think I noticed very at the beginning when he he starts naming characters and he's like, "This guy's JJ, this guy's John John, this guy's Chow Chow." <laughs> I was like, and he introduces them with little subtitles on the screen. I was like, oh yeah, and this guy's Guy Ritchie. Yeah, it kind but, of leads uh, you down the path that, of yeah. this might be a true story, doesn't it? it you know, does, there, yeah. there are elements of truth in, in an. Yeah. Of course, it's completely fantastical, yeah. but there are elements of truth in about the, the subject matter, which is what I found mm. most interesting about it. But yeah, out of all of those ones, that's the one I would recommend. Mm. But nice. that's that is everything on movies. Next up, we're going to talk. 4K so many. If you enjoy the podcast on YouTube, then please like and subscribe. If you're listening to the audio version, then please leave us a rating on your podcast app. We invite you to email questions and feedback to podcast at avforums.com and join in with this episode's discussion thread in the podcasts forum at avforums. All 
Right, so we've got a whole host of 4K discs to plow through. Yes, and top of the list, and this is a film I have not seen, but immediately Mark's review has piqued my interest. Uh, the Changeling 4K from Second Sight. Take it away, Mark. Mm, yeah, so the show, it, it always fascinates me reading some of the comments in, in the thread about this. I... I thought everyone knew about The Changeling. I thought it was one of those classic horror movies that sort of nestle alongside, you know, the giants of the genre, your Texas Chainsaw Massacres, your Shinings. And it intrigued me that that quite a number of people had said that they didn't even know it existed and certainly hadn't seen it. I, I thought it was the Eastwood Jolie film. No joking aside, when I heard about it coming to 4K from Second Sight, I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, I've got nothing against that film, but... <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I mean, interestingly enough, it's I imagine that yourself and a number of people coming to The Changeling now might suffer a case of the John Carters. You know, yeah. it's been riffed on. It's been ripped off. It's become, you know, the the stereotype of the haunting film. Uh, that you probably watch it. And if you'd, I think I mentioned the review, things like Stir of Echoes, David Kep's Stir of Echoes. You could watch this and go, well, it's just ripping off that. Well, no, it's the other way around, isn't it? From 1980. But I think what, while all the beats are there, you know, it, it's classic haunting. It's got a, it's got a real sense of the, I call it the serene Gothic. It's an, it's a film for adults. It's made by adults. It discusses these things in adult terms and it's all the better for it. Uh, it's still terrifying at various bits and pieces. It's a film that, that if you haven't seen it, make every effort to. And frankly, this 4K set from Second Sight is the way to see it. Now, Changeling's had some interesting releases in the past, shall we say. Severin, I think, had to release the original 1080p three times over in the States because of various audio glitches. Uh, it, it's Even its 4K release at the back end of last year was torn to pieces for an incredibly hot colour palette. Now, Second Sight have taken the same restoration that, that, that Severin did. They got Fidelity in Motion and your friend of mine, David McKenzie, to work his magic on it. And in terms of the picture, there's no original camera negative anymore, so it's taken from an inter-negative, so bear that in mind. It's, it's grainy. There's no getting away from it, but it looks absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I think a lot of the very hot colours that people have mentioned in various releases have been toned right down. Uh, there's still a couple of instances where poor old George C. Scott looks like he's blown a blood vessel. Uh, but all in all, it looks to be the best visual presentation of the film to date. The two audio tracks don't have any of the sync issues that had plagued those previous releases and sound pretty good. Uh, the only slight disappointment is the extras. There's no new extras for this edition only. Uh, three quarters of the extras were on the previous Second Sight edition. The two new extras from that were on Severin's 4K edition. So yeah, that's a slight disappointment, but it's its usual Second Sight lavish box. Uh, there you go. Look at that. It's, it's beautiful artwork. The book is fantastic. <laughs> Even though I got the check disc, I stumped up and bought the, the full release myself to have it on my shelf. It's a lovely, lovely prize. release. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, can't can't say uh, enough good things about it. I mean, yeah, it, it's it looks uh, it looks like a fantastic set. I'm mm, not it sure it's ever going to make it to a winner. <laughs> 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 but I am. Um... 
I am uh, looking forward to that. And I, I, I read your review, Mark, and I was like, why have I not seen this film? And it's the same kind of persuasion I got to watch um, uh, Exorcist 3, mm. um, which also George C. Scott, Scott again. Yeah. <laughs> so nice. I feel like that's a, a really nice double bill to, to watch for the first time. Um, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing it crikey in the heady days of video nasties and it wasn't a video nasty of course but it was that sort of era that i saw it and scaring the willies out of me it was terrifying never seen anything like it um fabulous they don't make them like that anymore no they don't can't wait to check that out um you've also seen cocaine bear and enjoyed it ah cokey uh yes uh cocaine bear it 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 (laughs) It's one of those. It, it's nowhere near as violent or stupid as its title suggests. But I had a great time with it. It was it channeled its 80s vibe. It's got real tremors energy. A lot of effort got into the characters. Some real fun, sweet and charming characterizations in there. Yeah, it's not quite as bloody as, as, as you'd want and not quite as gory as you should really expect it to be. But, but I had a good time with it. What I did not have a good time with, Kaz and Sai, the twenty-five quid disc is medium (laughs) res four K disc. You'll notice from my very grumpy review, I was grumpy bear to to their cocaine bear. The four K picture is 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 really nice. It's a brand new digital image. It's lush. It's rich. It's hugely saturated. HDR ten grade only. Mm, That's not. Not too bad. There's some very good 4K discs out there with HDR10 only. Uh, 5.1 surround track. Well, it, it's a modern 5.1 track. It's thunderous. It's got loads of surround. It's it, it, it's pretty good. There's even some of your typical extras on there. You know, the kind that all major studio releases have these days. Stuff you'll never, ever watch and basically barely show the studios as taking any interest whatsoever. There's a big book coming. <laughs> but there is a big book coming, and I cannot lie. Uh, it's a 25-quid disc. Fine. Yeah. It's the only 4K disc release of this in the world brilliant yet you go to itunes and for 13 quid you can get a 4k dolby vision dolby atmos version of it with all the same extras grumpy bear Mm. medium rare must try harder now it might be there might be a whole host of rights issues over in the states on their 1080p disc uh they didn't get the atmos either but they got a 7.1 track and we get a, I mean, it's like, what's what's going on? I don't understand. It had an Atmos track in the theatre. Don't understand. Anyway. You say, you say all of this, we're going to have exactly the same conf, uh, conversation as we always do with Disney's Quantumania, aren't we? We are. Like, they have, they have an IMAX Enhanced. They have Dolby Vision. They have a disc. They want people on streaming. Yeah, so so what's medium rare's goal here? I'm not aware no, of any, any, no. any medium rare streaming platform but it could, here. It could be like you say, a rights issue because yeah. they they want the advantage on streaming. So and, and and fine and fair enough then, but don't charge 25 quid for it. If you'd stuck that disc out at 17 quid, I'd have been an awful lot less grumpy about it. Mm. But they didn't. And that that's what annoys. I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed, Kazan. You'd have given it a 10. Oh, <laughs> medium rare. If you slip me that fiver, I'll uh, uh, I'll put the score up. I don't mean give you a fiver. I meant oh. it would cost a fiver. Yes, <laughs> damn right. It got a ten. No, it's it, it it's just a it's a new kind of disappointment in right. our physical media <laughs> I mean, release. To be honest, 
if they just stuck <laughs> in on a box set with art cards like they did the lighthouse it would have been fine brilliant 37.99 wouldn't it brilliant brilliant <laughs> hey you say that about the lighthouse kaz <laughs> Yep. Excellent hosting there, by the way. <laughs> good, good seeking. Uh, so for those that don't know, uh, in March, the Lighthouse got one of uh, A24's typical lavish 4K releases over in the States. Yeah. Arrow have now brought it to the table or are bringing it to the table a week today. It's likely to be the same 4K transfer, the same uh, audio tracks. It's got the same extras, but it also includes an additional audio commentary a fantastic new 71 minute making of the film that is that is basically a 50 minute interview with Robert Eggers who goes everywhere with with the film all the struggles he had how he wrote it all the struggles he had with the cast you know all this kind of stuff it's it's brilliant uh and it's for nearly half the price of the A24 release so for once i think here arrow have done us proud on this side of the pond with what looks to be the definitive 4k release at this moment in time that costs an awful lot less than importing it from the states nice. uh, so yeah the review is in early access go go have a look there it's going to drop at some point over the next week the film is well it's bonkers what was really interesting ab about the the extras is is robert eggers himself admitting that he was disappointed with the the witch he said not with the performances but he said he just couldn't get on screen the film he had in his head and he said the lighthouse is exactly as I wanted it. And in which case, someone should be calling the authorities on yeah, him. Yeah, what's going he on is in his utterly head? deranged, <laughs> right? It's, it, it's mad. Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe, 1890s, two lighthouse keepers, go out for a four-week stretch on this isolated rock. They start to lose their crap big time, but it's all okay because they're going to get rescued. They're going to get relieved in four weeks. And then they don't. And then it gets weird. There's mermaids, there's tentacles, there's one-eyed seagulls, there's terps drinking. Oh, that's pretty much it's a typical Friday night down Marple for most of us around <laughs> it. But it's it, 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 it's got even less narrative than The Witch has. It's much more about the inward journey of these two men and so much subtext around you know, the human existence. Oh, the, I, I can't even go into it now. We don't have time. It's it, it's going to be a challenging watch for some, but if you can get into it, it's 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 brutal. It's brilliant. It's funny. It's weird. It's great. So, yeah, check out The Lighthouse. It's mental. Mm. And the disc in 4K? Uh, are we yeah. saying... Are we... I mean... Give me, it's, give me the headlines. Are we the, saying... the, the, the headlines. Crazy one point one nine to one aspect ratio. It's yeah. nuts. It's virtually a little square on your TV. But the grayscale is off the charts. The black and white is nice. amazing. Fine detail is superb. There's a scene at the end where uh, Willem Dafoe is is getting covered in dirt as he's as he's giving this speech, and it's a close up. And honestly, it's one of the one of the most amazing 4k images i've seen it's razor sharp the grain is perfect it just looks sumptuous the 5.1 surround track on i said I'm, I'm moaning about koki bear not getting atmos the lighthouse doesn't need atmos it's 5.1 is bizarrely aggressive it's not the soundtrack you expect for basically two people drinking themselves to death in a lighthouse it's so aggressive in the surrounds and the lfe it's brilliant it's a great listen uh so yeah for me all around i'd nice. not seen the lighthouse before it's my first time watch for my shame 
I really quite liked it, and I think the disc from Arrow is cracking. So nice. get on it, okay. peoples. All right. Well, that'll be uh, that'll be up soon. Mm. Uh, and just today, we had Simon's Shazam Two, Fury the Gods, Shazam Four K uh, review drop on site. Yes. Uh, and much like at the cinema coverage, uh, Mark. I think this was uh, this was almost exactly the same sentiments by both of you, but uh, tell us a bit about Shazam Two. Um, I didn't realize, and I, I knew we'd reviewed it on site, but I didn't know who reviewed it because um, I hadn't read it, and I wasn't, you know, because I mean, I really enjoyed the first film. I don't know why I, I know. It. I know. <laughs> this is this is the thing. I it, did let, read it. He, he reads your. You have to because you both read them. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Fair. <laughs> Um, yeah, it landed. Uh, this came. When did, it, when did I get this? Saturday, I think it come dropped through the doorstep on on onto the doormat. Um, so I managed to get what get it watched over the weekend um, and upload it this morning. Enjoyed the first one. I love the first one. Yeah, yeah. great. Um, and uh, what, what's good about the character? Um, I don't know. I don't very know much about Shazam, other than my dad used to was his favourite comic character when he was a kid. Um, that's all I really knew about it. Um, the, the unique aspect of it is that it's a child has given um, super um, hero powers, um, but as part of that, he becomes an adult. So he's uh, fighting, um, you know, adult themes, but still a teenager or, or a child. Um, and that's quite a unique selling point, um, which they capitalise on quite well in the uh, first film and try to in this second one, but don't do it very well. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that, that is a unique point. That should really be the heart of the film, but they just, they, they flounder it a little bit and then they waste it and then they don't go back to it. And it's I just, feel like it's such it a needs shame. more CG. Oh, God, no. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. Um, the CG in it is, it, it's, it's one huge CG, but I'll run from about, I don't know, it's only it's two hours long. So for the, I think, Two hours of it is CG. Two hours and ten minutes long. The film. Two hours of it is CG. Um, there's a <laughs> a Harry Potter esque library in it with Steve the writing pen. I mean, come on, really? I digress. Um, yeah, it's not a great film. I didn't really get on with the film very much. Um, so you can you can go to the site and read that how I how I felt about the film. Um, disc itself is okay. Um, image is. Um, let me think. Let me think about it because it was only today, wasn't it? It is an all digital image, um, native 4K, um, spectacular detail. Can't fault the detail on it. Superb coloring. The uh, it's got Dolby Vision, so all the uh, all the electric lightning bolts and the shooting out of the wizard's staff and all that <laughs> stuff looks brilliant. Um, the layer that they've got, all the neon lights. I mean, it it's really, really, really pops. The black level's fantastic. Um, but I just felt it looked a bit clinical. It looks a bit digitally. digital. It looks a bit digital. You know, it doesn't have that warm kind of cinematic filmic glow that you would come to expect with a decent film. It was too, too digital. I mean, I haven't marked it down because of that, because that's just the way things are nowadays. You know, you could, technically you can't fault it. It's perfect, you know, but so... 
it's it's good, but you know, you have it comes with a caveat that you know it's it's a bit digital. Some of the CGI, even when the unicorns are walking along the grass, you can say they're not really there, are they? Look, they at even that. bother using real unicorns. Spoiler alert! and the product <laughs> product placement of the uh, of the skittles irked me as well. I don't know why, <laughs> but it did. Um, uh, Dolby Atmos track um, that needed a, a bit of a tweak, actually, a bit like the old Disney disc. It needed a bit of a tweak up to get the most out of it. But once you, you know, increase the volume by two or three notches, um, it really livened up. It was fantastic, completely enveloping sounds from all around, particularly because it's all, all big battles here, there, and everywhere. Monsters growling and lightning and people punching and explosions, all that stuff. It's every, it's, it's a made for Atmos. You know, it's absolutely enveloping. So there's no no. Um, no problems there. The extras on it are all uh, are pretty good, actually. You know, there's a there's a um, uh, a commentary and a fairly good making of, um, and they uh, all the rest of it are bits and bobs cold from that one main making of, which is about half hour long. And there's loads and loads of deleted scenes as well, which means this film could potentially have been nearly three hours long, oh. or at least two and a half hours. Um, but at least they had the the uh, the foresight or the knowledge or the skill or whatever you want to call it to actually exercise all the extraneous duty and um, exercise all that stuff and actually make it a two-hour film, which is great because, you know, who needs a three-hour epic of people punching each other in, a in a computer? A decent editor. Yes, <laughs> a decent editor. So it was, yeah. Um, so uh, disc-wise, it's okay if you can get on with the film, you know. Um, it's unlikely that I'll spin this one again. But uh, I have watched the first one a couple of times because I quite enjoy it. Mm. But this one, not so much. I mean, I feel like you could take about 95% of what you said about the movie and the video and the Atmos and apply it to Quantumania. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, Absolutely, too much yeah. CG, looks very digital, Atmos needed turning up. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. What exactly. happened to the small-scale character with heart? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, yeah, the original Ant-Man was a, was a terrific film. Um, second one, not so much. Third one, just diabolical, just terrible. Um, trying, trying to put this this quirky, fun character into an apocalyptic, um, CG-infested yeah. microverse, I don't know. It just didn't seem to make – it lost all of its interest because there was no build-up to the, to the, the main villain – who cares that there's thousands of them? You know, it all took place in a, in a place that exists outside of Marvel's own universe, you know? It was all self-contained and it all finished there. So, I mean, why even bother putting the film out? Because it had no impact on what they were doing or in the or in the wider world of the, the, the Marvel universe. It was just, it was nonsense. Yeah, I didn't really get on with that as well. But again, the Ooh. picture. Yeah. Um, it had Bill Murray. Oh, yeah, but why? The worst I mean, why? part of that bloody film. <laughs> just ridiculous. A ridiculous cameo. Just, just uh, beggars believe, don't they? What can you do? Yeah, so, moving on. Um, I mean, the, the picture. So, yeah, we, we, we did mention it just now. I mean, the, the, the picture on the disc is um, HDR 10, mm -hmm. uh, 2.39 to 1, all the way through. Yep. On the streaming channel, you can get the IMAX Enhance, which is about an extra hour of footage, which is in the um, the wide ratio. The uh, I think on on streaming is one seven eight, is it something like that? But it fills the screen at least, yeah. um, and it can make a bit of a difference. I mean, I did I didn't do a, a back to back watch of them because I just couldn't bear it. But I did <laughs> I did fast forward to the um, 
to the to the IMAX bits, and they do make a bit of a difference. You know, that wider aspect ratio mm -hmm. does make a little bit of a difference to it. Um, quality between the images is really very very little to, to pull them apart. Um, it's got Dolby sure Vision on it, hasn't it? It has got Dolby Vision. Mm. Um, but between them, I mean, HDR10 Dolby Vision on certainly on wide disk on my system here, I couldn't really spot the difference. Mm. The wider aspect ratio did make a difference, and of course, it's exactly the same sound. Um, you don't have to turn it up quite so much as the disc. Yes. I find that the D Dolby Vision doesn't make the image better on the streaming versions for Disney, on the ones I've looked at and compared. It yeah. just makes it less noticeable that there's a difference, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah. Like, like almost like the disc would normally naturally win, but by sticking Dolby Vision on the streaming version... It, the difference is negligible, more yeah. less noticeable. Not, yes, less, less noticeable. noticeable. So it's not like, oh, Dolby Vision, wow. It's like, oh, I didn't notice I was really watching something different. Mm. But yeah, why though? Why, why though? Yeah, that's on the big 25 question. Why? Quid? why are they doing this movie? Why are they sticking it on a disc? Why are they charging us 25 quid? <laughs> are they putting it up free on Disney and IMAX at Dolby Vision? Why? So many whys. So many whys. Oh, well, we got Bill Murray. Um, you've also got 65, which I do have 65. Yes, uh, we'll go for it. We'll go for the unboxing of the of uh, of 65. That's not because again, than that. Hmm? <laughs> imagine if it's not, imagine if it's not, yeah, it will be. It will be. It must be. Hang must on, be. he's not ordered himself another one of those network discs, has he? In the uh, uh poor <laughs> old label <laughs> collapse, why is it Department S? He, he's shoved, shoved up here oh, twice. I can't, I can't, I can't. He was oh, the only one keeping them alive. There we go. There well, we go. he's not been banned enough, has he? They've gone there we go. Here we go. Are we ready? Are we yes. ready? Are we ready? Oh, look oh, at What's that bloody say? Oh, I told you. Department S, it must be. The, it must be. It's one of the greatest TV shows of all time. Oh, my life. <laughs> he went there. Kaz, he went there. <laughs> oh, my God. got to give him credit, really. I mean, you know, some people say a joke's not worth telling if it ain't worth flogging. And no, you know, that it was, that oh, was it is. good. Kudos, <laughs> Mr. Yes. Crust. Very, very well played. Yes. So here we go. Here we go. So for, for those of you unable those to you... watch, you're <laughs> missing nothing. And in actual fact, you're the lucky ones. <laughs> there it is. No, there it is. There, there's the actual word. Uh... Yeah. It's a bit, disc. So it's the not... disc picture of a film about a spaceman and dinosaurs yep. has a spaceman and dinosaurs on the front cover. It does. That is you know a little bit. It's a little bit of a spoiler. The, the... no, it isn't. <laughs> I'm just saying it's a little bit of a spoiler. <laughs> not everyone's up on their uh, on their significance of 65 here. It's a little That's bit that... of a spoiler. right. So I'll tell you what: if you go to the cinema to see a film called 65 and you don't know what it's about. Ah, I envy you. I envy you. Do you know why they why it's called sixty five? It's sci-fi. It's great. What's uh, the significance of the number sixty five? Well, meaning of life. Sixty five million years ago is when the the yeah. um, uh, meteor hit the Earth to extinguish yeah. dinosaurs. It, it was four o'clock. It was four o'clock on a Tuesday, which, which just <laughs> happens to be the time when Adam Driver exactly. arrived. Um, Brilliant. Whether or not that is uh, the actual case, I mean, that, that, there's a big, there's, there is a strong <laughs> no, case for it. But I know, there are other things why, going on. Yeah, you know, that's why it's traps, called sixty-five. You know, I, I know that's why it's. It called might not have been four o'clock on a Tuesday. You're right, Sai. It could have been. It's, it's more more likely of a Sunday night it. when there's not much on the telly. I love how it's <laughs> generated so far. 
I thought, yeah. yeah. It's like it's like Davis is here. <laughs> it is. If he was here, he'd be telling us those dinosaurs. Yeah. They're just not. Unrealistic anyway. dinosaurs, four out of ten. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Really, just to finish off this, I'm going to really quickly talk about what is new. my new mission. My new mission is I'm, I'm fed up of waiting. And uh, I, I've been on about Criterion UK mm-hmm. needing to start release, releasing some of their 4K discs like they're doing in the US. I mean, we had this back when Criterion shifted from DVD to Blu-ray. Yeah. And they're releasing all these Blu-rays and they're not releasing them in the UK. And then we start getting them in the UK. And I started getting ones that I already had in the US, you know, a year or two later. Mm. They would come up in the UK. And now we've got the same issue. But I've waited a while and Criterion UK are, are still not doing it. I don't know why, but we don't have the same issue that there was with Blu-rays being region locked. So I've decided I'm going to start importing stuff uh, from the US and like nice. catching up on it. So the first thing in this mission is uh, Devil in a Blue Dress, which uh, it's a great film. Is a, it is a great film. It's Carl Franklin's 1995 follow up. Uh, he did One False Move mm. uh, with Billy Bob Thornton and the late Bill Paxton, uh, cracking little little movie. And then he did this with uh, Denzel Washington. Tom Sizemore and Don Cheel in um, in like his mainstream, let's say, debut. I mean, he'd done a few bits before, but it was this movie that put him on the map being scary as all hell. Um, it's a little neo-noir, a different, slightly different flavour, but it would sit alongside the likes of um, Marlowe in, in The Long Goodbye um, and Chinatown. You know, I've got a I've got a lot of time for it. No idea why yep. it didn't come to to the UK. Um, but Criterion US, the disc has been out for coming up to a year now, and uh, bit the bullet, imported it over, and it looks fantastic. Mm, it's uh, it's native 4K Dolby Vision. They've it's it's a 95 film with like zero effects. And they've made shot on film looks fabulous. You know, it's it's the kind of thing you can really do a tremendous 4K job on. Um, and I think that it benefits from it because there are a lot of interesting uses of natural light. Um, and these don't suffer from anywhere near as much crush or or issues with you know grain variable grain. As they do back in the days of Blu-ray, DVD, you know, like it just doesn't have that. The HDR can handle it a lot better. It's it's a lovely picture. Uh, it's the same soundtrack as I think was on the Blu-ray. DTSMA 5.1 sounds great, and uh, a lot of the old extras plus a couple of new ones. But I have to say, my region free player packed up, and I couldn't check out any of the extras because. They are on the accompanying region locked mm-hmm. Blu-ray. Um, other than that, though, I think it's a yeah, it's a recommended import, and I'm and I'm on a mission not just with Criterion, mm-hmm. but to pick up on all of these titles. My next one, which arrived, and I was going to have it in hand because I wanted to show everyone back home how gnarled the package was, is Marathon Man. Who knows Marathon? Yeah. Oh, nice. and it arrived through the letterbox like like that. The box was like that. Wow. And the disc is okay inside, but I did I have no idea. I mean the postman must have gone like 
you know, really levered it through the door. Um, yeah. Devil in the Blue Dress is an interesting one because Indicator have got the rights here. So Criterion don't have the rights in this country to it. Oh. So Indicator <laughs> released it last year. I picked it up and I think it was a 4K restoration. So it'll be interesting to see if now Indicator of, well, if Indicator ever stopped releasing 4k vampire films with the word rape in the title <laughs> they might get around to putting yeah. out a 4k disc of, of something else and it'd be interesting if they sort of deal out with criterion and license the release for for one of their so it's, it's an I mean, interesting it one. has to work that way doesn't it, it has mm. to work that when you just pick something up in 4k on imports then you get you know a 4k uk release of hard targets you know, it has to be that 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 works that way. So I, I will take the credit that if this turns up on 4K from Indicator. Thank you, Kaz. Thank you, Kaz. Yes. Um, let's have a quick upcoming on 4K, Mark. It's not going to be quick because there's like yeah, a it is. title. No, it'll, it, it, it'll be quick. Read it at 1.5. OK, right. Well, uh, obviously, <laughs> there's given that we've we've had a week since I last updated this, mm. you know all about the t the couple of avatars and all this kind of stuff. But even in the even in the last week, there's They're been re a slew. Avatar itself, aren't they? Yes. The first film, yeah. yes, remastered. Yeah, yeah. uh, what does that mean? It means you're gonna have to buy it. Oops. So uh, <laughs> anyway, oh, anyway, right <laughs> new new announcements in the last week. So uh, Warner Brothers continues to celebrate their centenary, and two really quite big announcements were made early this uh, late last week. Rio Bravo and East of Eden are coming on 4K on July the 18th in the States, so we can expect that as well. Uh, Arrow are still doing the, Lord, the, the Lord's work in 4K. We knew about Time Bandits coming because uh, Criterion have, uh, have, have just announced it. They're bringing Weird Science to 4K and very bizarrely, the remake of Last House on the Left. Yeah, what that was that about? No one wanted, but anyway. No one cares. Uh, Shout Factory <laughs> have basically stuck two fingers up at Arrow and gone, you call them releases? Here's what 4K releases look like. And they're bringing us Nightbreed, which, of course, Arrow might still do because they might have it. But even uh, even better, the very best and most realistic film about computers ever made, Hackers. Uh, uh, I'll Angelina Jolie <laughs> and Johnny Lee Miller. So we could get to see Matthew Lillard's Little Braids in 4K. Delicious. Uh, here's Kaz, you've gone for the imports of good films. I, on the other hand, I'm going to only import the shite. Sorry, the drop, <laughs> yeah. I should yeah, say. Feel, because like MVD, I've never heard of this company before, but MVD have announced a 4K release in September of Ghoulies. They did Mark Dacoscus's drive. MVD. Did they? Yeah. Yeah, the but US. I wouldn't know because I bought the 88 films one. So, you know. <laughs> Uh, the, the other one, no one's favorite Mike Myers film, so I married an axe murderer, is getting the full on Sony treatment 4K Dolby Vision Atmos on the 25th of July, which means I can I, I can bust out my great, my, my, my only Mike Myers impression, heed! Uh, which if you've seen the film, you, you'll get. Uh, the that Shrek, <laughs> funny that. Uh, Second Sight have been tweeting like billy ho about their restoration of rutger hauer's seminal 80 shock of the hitcher is nearing completion nice uh the pictures look amazing the director has been praising the restoration can't wait for that and lastly two bits of unconfirmed news i suppose is over in the states 
Lionsgate seem to have made some head and tail of the ridiculous rights issues around some of Quentin Tarantino's old Miramax back catalogue. And they've secured the rights to both Kill Bills and Jackie Brown. So given that this year is the 20th anniversary of Kill Bill, volume one, I won't be surprised if we got a release. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> uh, I won't be surprised if we got an anniversary edition announced for later this year. And finally, your friends and mine at 88 Films caught everyone off guard by literally tweeting a picture of some film cans with the words, Witch Finder General. <gasps> oh, uh, Mark, and that's the, awesome. The, the caption simply said, UHD coming in late 23, which, as we all know, with 88 Films, really means sometime after late 24. I mean, uh, that, that oh, is the greatest mate. news for Sai. I Absolutely. Yeah, that is one of my all-time favourite films. Yeah, that along go. with Wicker Man. Oh, mate, that is it's absolutely a, it's a fantastic. good year for you there, Sai. Getting absolutely. both of them. Yeah, so, yeah um, I, I've I've reviewed that film a couple of times on site actually. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I think I even wrote an article about on Witchfinder. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, seek it out on on just put Witchfinder General mm. in the, in the search bar and seek it out. It's it's uh yeah yeah I love oh. that film. Absolutely awesome. Good good oh, good. Mate. Very nice. There's a good set of releases there. Yeah, there's some. I tell you what, the announcements are. Anyone who says physical media is on its ass, I tell you what, no one's telling the labels this. Uh, so Good. yeah, it's a don't tell them. Continued uh, great release schedule. <laughs> right next up, and uh, very quickly by the looks of it, we'll have streaming and TV show news. If you'd like to support the AV Forums podcast on a regular basis, then why not become a patron? Head over to Patreon.com/AVForums to sign up. You can also make a one-off donation through the Super Chat or via streamlabs.com forward slash avforums. All donations help us to improve the website and the podcasts. Thank you to all our supporters. Right, so we have a little bit of streaming and TV news. Uh, am I the only one who's seen Arnie in FUBAR? Yes. Yes, in the world. Oh, wow, so I can just say anything about it. Well, to be I fair, I read, it's I, 10 out of 10. Well, guys, I read everyone. your review and you said it was oh, pop. Damn so, you know. Okay. <laughs> you read the review, yeah. You probably saw the score. But... I didn't really. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you did see the score, like everybody. But That's anyway. All, all I have a look at. You know what? Arnie's come to Netflix and he's done a TV show and it's not True Lies, but it is. And um, I'm, I'm okay with it. And mm. it's 10 hours of Arnie, which is like like seven standard length arnie movies you know it's like okay. uh, it's like uh you know it's a it's a lot of time with a guy who you know has spent the last few decades entertaining us with action movies he's older he's not playing as old a character as as he actually is but he's older and there's a lot of stunt doubles and it's it's lightweight and it's not true lies it doesn't have the I hate to say this, James Cameron finesse. And, um, you know, in Schwarzenegger, he isn't in his prime in, in any way. But he carries a joke. And, uh, and I've, I found it strangely watchable. And of a lot of things I've been watching, strangely wanted to like come back and watch more of. Um, it, it's not completely lightweight. Unlike, for example, the the ill-fated cancelled True Lies TV show on CBS, which should have been done with Arnie, but it's it's got some teeth in it. There's a surprising amount of actual violence in it. 
and it's got a little bit of heart going on there um but it also survives quite well on just you know, Arnie and his daughter, who have recently discovered that they're both spies, but neither knew the other were spies, is basically the premise. And them just bouncing yeah. off each other. You know, they have the, the well, funniest like trampolines. Yeah, yes. The funniest scenes are like them going to counselling, CIA mandated counselling, and just, you know, the antics they get up to with that. I mean, it's not, this isn't amazing TV. But I, I I like Arnie, and it's nice being in his company for something pretty watchable and pretty easy to pick up and put down, unlike what I found a real chore to get through, which is Citadel. Um, have either of you bothered with this? Yeah. No. The last time you spoke about it, we went, nah. Right. Yep. So I finished it, and my you God. crazy fool, you. My God. I mean... My God. It's, <laughs> okay, moving on. It's up there with like Robert Rodriguez in terms of, of why did they do this? You just, when you think oh, it's just tolerable, they just decide, oh, we're going to spin things up in the air and then we're going to go, we'll have multiple seasons of this. No, don't. Don't ever do this again. This, is, this should be an example of why you just don't make franchises. You make good products with good acting and good stunts and good action and good whatever you want and then if it does well you go how how could i do something with the same people not doing the same thing and it'd be good again rather than i'll plan this out for six seasons in multiple (laughs) different territories because you know what it's going to be great oh no it's actually really terrible but i've got six seasons planned yay Um, anyway I'm going to sign off TV with recommending Platonic. Neither of you are going to watch it, probably. Nope. But Seth Rogen and uh, Tolerable. Uh, and he grows into being pretty funny. And MVP's Rose Byrne. She's cracking. Uh, it's it's pretty good. It's pretty damn good at the start. So, um, I but it's not for people who don't, who haven't got a tolerance for Seth Rogen. I will say that. Yeah, it's, I, it's very I, annoying. I don't mind Seth Rogen. I just took one look at that and thought, nah. it's it's better than one look at that. Nah. Yeah, it's, okay. they're, they're not long episodes. You could watch you yeah. could watch a couple and really get into whether or not you like it. By the end of the first episode, you'll really know. And then yeah. there's an episode where they go to house viewing together. It's 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 good TV. It's well yeah. done. It well, suddenly well, becomes kind of relatable, but it's, it's not. But it's not going to be Ted Lasso, is it? No. I t- you know what? You say Which? that. I I did not get along well with Ted Lasso. Um, I think I that was because Lasso. I didn't persist with it. Oh. So that's why I'm saying with things like this, I think it's a yeah. persistence. But 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 anyway, do you know what? I love Ted Lasso, but get really? stuff get stuffed. Yeah, I love Ted Lasso. Absolutely love it. But get stuff Ted Lasso because it finished this week. It did finish this and, week and. And what what have I what have I filled that Ted Lasso shaped hole in my weekly televisual viewing no, with? If it's not true lies of I, Citadel. I hate it that you guys are actually right about me. The what? fact that, I, that the fact that I I would never watch good TV. I would always choose terrible TV over good TV. What did you watch? I've watched the first four episodes of The Family Stallone. Oh, oh Jesus! <laughs> Look, I know. I know. I'm ashamed of myself. I mean, I mean, literally, no. I've I've let myself down. I've let humanity down. You've uh, let the world down. I, I feel I've I've let everyone down. 
But do you know what? I'm going in for episode five next week. Oh god! No. It's, it's like it's it, it, it's a car crash. I can't I can't not stop watching. I can't. Oh jeez! I mean, I mean, last week his poor old brother Frank, who was due to do a show at Hard Rock Cafe, had a nosebleed, and for a minute they thought he wasn't able to go, but it was all fine. He went on. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, oh my god, be still my beating heart. So, so yes. So sod you, Ted Lasso. You finished, and you've left me with that. Thank you, you very you much. You could put Silo really on, hasn't. couldn't you? Yeah, you could put Silo. I've you watched. Could... The, I've watched first three episodes of Silo. It's fine. Yeah, but there's another three out, mate. Yeah, but it's for Silo. The first episode was great. Second episode, by the third episode, they're already stretching this out. <laughs> they're already stretching this out. And and you know what? At no point did. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson have a nosebleed and not be able to nearly not perform at a gig one night. <gasps> yeah, but you've not seen episode five. <laughs> no spoilers. <laughs> so yes, uh... just don't ever ask me about TV again, and yeah. until the family Stallone has finished. <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs> there you go. How's that for confession time, is, dear that's, listeners? That's pretty big. Right, well, there's better, though. There's better lined up for you, Mark. No, there Coming isn't. soon. I, I, I had it planned that, uh, that we were going to, like, draw short straws on this. But actually, Mark has, has agreed to accept the mission of going to see Transformers Beast Wars or Rise of the Beast Wars. Uh, it's because you told me there were five Stallones in it. That's the only reason <laughs> yeah. I'm going to see I it. It's because I, it's I told you Ted Lasso was in it. <laughs> Uh, so so you're seeing that we're all excited all excited for keaton returning as batman and yes i mean that's just yes. gonna be the reason why people want to see it i the haven't seen any of the reason. trailers but keaton batman. oh have you it's not flashpoint oh, paradox oh, isn't, it? isn't that what it's based on this it film? is yeah it is well, oh i know no yeah. flashpoint paradox very well so i i don't so, know i mean that yet. alone means it's going to be or should be quite good in a sense well, well, well if, you, if you've not seen the trailers there's already some some extra nice surprises which i won't go into but yeah, yeah there's 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 more than keaton but it is yes i know keaton, i know it's the main reason i know i know the other batman but i know keaton i don't know i don't know a huge amount of what what else is going that on. wasn't what i was talking about yeah. no no i know some people who aren't going to be in the movie who were cut from it but keaton's batman in the flash yep. looking forward to that and looking forward to netflix's extraction 2 recently mm. rewatched extraction chris hemsworth yeah i mean you know, should be right yeah i'd probably say these are pretty much yeah Upper tier streaming action, I would say. It's That's damning with faint praise. No, I mean in the <laughs> sense that these are the kind of streaming action movies where you you could see why they would be given a theatrical release. The first first one has some cracking single take action sequences in it. It's a good, well put together. Mm, yeah, it was. Action movie yeah, and he's a good character. I, I didn't watch it and go, "Oh, that's a Netflix job," which oh, well, I did. <laughs> is that because you watched it on netflix that's exactly right si. oh um you know who did a better job in it than chris hemsworth mrs Liam. stallone that's right mrs stallone would have kicked all kinds of ass in it his bed is a bit too big now yeah that's why he wears spanks i'm talking about mrs stallone <laughs> right Mrs. Stallone. Oh, you missed the gag. Do you know what? I'm wasted. I'm wasted here. I really am. You missed a gag that like five people would know about the five people who've watched. I told you the family's Stallone. They're all in it. Isn't it on like Paramount Plus or something? 
Oh yeah, so it's not in 4K Dolby Vision, so therefore it's got yeah, no one's going to see it. Zero stars. Over. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Zero out of ten in all caps. <laughs> <laughs> mark, mark your review of the lighthouse should be live later this week, and Sile have sixty-five. I mean, you know, I enjoyed sixty-five. Yeah, mark, Wednesday, Wednesday the earliest. Thunderously I, I, average. I want to see whether it gets higher than thunderously average because I, I was. I was pleasantly surprised. Well, I mean, he doesn't. We know he doesn't take his top off, so yeah. I mean, just, it's not. It's going to be only average just because of that very one. Not fact. fast X, but yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm also hoping to have, and I, disappointingly, I don't think I pre-ordered the one with all the art cards. But I'm really not sure. There are like 17 different editions coming. But I'm hoping to have John Wick for 4K. Um, you know, before the next podcast, I, I have no idea which one I got. There's, there's there's so many different versions. Um, you just drunk order stuff, Kaz. Is that what happens? I love that one. It feels like it. And then Zavi say the parcels with, with like every or whatever the hell they use <laughs> to deliver stuff. And I'm like, oh, great. I'll never get that now. Um, we've also got uh, The Idol on Sky. with. Um, no, you with, ain't getting with, me with watching people that. No, no, no! I've started it's, it. I'm gonna. It looks, it's Lily, it looks, Lily Rose Depp and the weekend. It is. It is Lizzie, uh, Lily Rose Depp and the weekend. That's it. That's what I was struggling yeah. with. Looks, looks it's terrible. I've watched the first ten minutes and I'm going. I'm going to watch the rest. Is what? it because? Is it? Is it because of? Uh, hang on a minute. Boobs. Because <laughs> 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 he's trying to think of a way out of that trying, now while retaining think, his cool. Trying to think whether it. Isn't because of the snow. Um, it's funny that the entire opening sequence is is you know largely dedicated to the fact that they can't decide whether they have the rights to show as much boobs as the model who's being photographed is showing. Um, and it's an entire conversation that literally involves words like side boob and Good word. No, it just it's just just not what you'd expect in it. It's it's got a very melancholy uh start though. It looks like it could have some um some teeth to it. I, I've forgotten what you're talking about already. <laughs> it's the, it's, the... <laughs> it's all, all the talk of boobs and side boobs. <laughs> oh. Also, season six of Black Mirror. Oh yeah, yeah, that'd be right. Yes, that's that's coming on to Netflix as well. So I, I'm going to see whether Stop. the idol's any good based on the first episode. I was talking about the, the idol, idol. That was it? Yes, on Sky, which which is getting good reviews. But and uh, Black Mirror, Netflix, and other stuff. Anyway, we'll cover it all. We'll cover it all in good time. Um, do let us know if there's anything this? out there. Are <laughs> we to cover Department S? I mean, is it in Dolby Vision? Sadly. No. <laughs> if there's anything out there we've not covered that you think we should cover let us know and that is it for the AB Forms podcast this week my thanks to Simon Crust thanks very much for watching and Mark Costello nighty night y'alls if you enjoyed the podcast please give us a like and subscribe to the channel hit the notification bell so you don't miss out when we publish our live streams product reviews and more you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook and bookmark avforums.com for the latest reviews news and videos 
Plus, why not leave us a five-star rating on whatever service you choose, if they allow it, but only if you enjoyed the show. And become a patron, because, my God, did you see the prizes we just gave out? Mm -hmm. I mean, seriously, seriously, people. I'm Kaz Harlow. Thank you for watching and listening, and join us for another podcast soon.